Mayfair, which is, is not over. It has not even started, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host, Rich. Rich, how are you doing? I am very good, Grace. I'm very excited to talk about the Witches of Mayfair. The Witches of Mayfair. I've seen it be called many different things. The Lives of the Mayfair Witches. That's the official book title. And Rice's Mayfair Witches. Simply Mayfair Witches. Uh, yeah, we got so- an extended Anne Rice universe on our hands, Rich. I can't get over that the extended Anne Rice universe is a thing that is happening on AMC, filling the shoes, obviously, of the great uh, Walking Dead extended universe. And I love that immediately before the show is even premiered, we are repeating the interview with the interview with a vampire routine. That's right. What's actually the name of the show? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, an interesting thing on AMC Plus uh, that they, uh, here in Canada, $6.99 a month, but you get AMC, you get the Walking Dead universe, you get Shudder, Sundance Now, and IFC Films, which is a great combo of things. But I did not know that there's like the Walking Dead universe is like its own, like almost like it's a, a sub subscription service of AMC. Yeah, is that? I, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily want to be too critical here, but amongst some of the discourse, Rob and Josh are doing their podcast every week. Yeah. They watch mm-hmm. the end of the walking dead, the great finale of that show. And I heard Josh is a bit of a TV insider giving some of his thoughts and ideas about why they split the walking dead up, why the walking yeah. dead proper ended. And we're getting all these crazy spinoff shows uh, in the walking dead extended universe. But I do think that it's, it's not a great look for AMC to be like, hey, we have a streaming service and our most popular property is its own separate streaming service. <laughs> you need I, to pay more access to. What are I, they talking about? What is that? I, I, I don't understand uh, at all. I mean, I, I presume like you can't get AMC. It's not like you can like ditch the Walking Dead universe thing, but I, I, it just seems like maybe a branding thing, but it's very strange. Um but I will know. I think it's yeah. just bad advertising. Yeah, to like sign up for AMC and get access to the Walking Dead, Dead universe. universe. But I, it's a little bit like, wait, is that a separate thing then? Because that's not great. It is confusing me, and I watch a lot of TV. So I know. I will say. Uh, but what's not confusing to me is is Mayfair Witches, uh, I, another one of Anne Rice's um, uh, uh, novels. It's a whole collection. Rich, I will admit, I was very excited. I do like the idea of witches, and I was like. Maybe I'll read this book before the show. And I bought it about a month ago and it came in. It, I, the bookstore was like, yep, you can come pick up the book. And I went and picked up the book and like, here's your thousand page book. <laughs> Did they give you a trolley to carry at home? They're yes. like, do you need help carrying this out? And I was like, I think I'll be okay. But there's so many pages of book that, uh, so uh, uh, hands on the table. I have not read the book and Rich, I, I believe that's the case for you as well. You've not read. I have not read the book. I've talked a bit during interview about what I have read of Anne Rice's and it's really just vampire chronicles. And I have not read all of the vampire chronicles. I've got pretty uh, deep into the series four or five, maybe six books, something like that. But I have never scoped out Mayfair witches. I'm going in blind grace. Yeah, I'm bouncing around over here a little bit. I'm like, you know, as you know, uh, uh, for our stage, I, I'm reading uh, the third uh, Wheel of Time book. I was like, Get reading, hype. I read uh, Women Talking because I want I, I adore the movie that's about to come out and I wanted to read the book. So I'm like just jumping around with everything. And yeah, so Mayfair Witches is sitting on my bookshelf. I don't know that I'll get to it soon. And what I might do, I think my, what my plan will be is to see how much of sort of like see if I can gauge a temperature, not trying to spoil myself. 
of how much of the first season is adapted, like how much of the book story is adapted into the, the first season of the television show, and then perhaps try to read that, um, uh, which is going to hurt my completionist soul, Rich, in terms of like just not reading a full book. Uh, but I think I might like break the book up into chunks and, and do what they've read. So I am have somehow become the go-to book adaptation guy around here in the post-show recaps neck of the woods craze. And a bunch of the discourse that I had this year is about adaptations. We certainly yeah. talked about it with interview. And I think that I've come to this place where I really am looking at so many of these adaptations from the perspective of was this better having read the book beforehand or was it more challenging, more difficult? Is it a harder sell uh, having read the book beforehand? And I think part of what we talked about with the interview was how despite making such bold changes to the source material, it was really loyal to the source material in, in the most important ways. And I think it was a book that really, or a show that was very rewarding for you to engage with if you read the books. Mm -hmm. So obviously I've not read read Mayfair Witches, and I don't have a perspective here, but uh, I just am wrapping up coverage of Historic Materials with Melissa Woodward, and those are books that I read, but it has been a long time, and I've not reread them many times over the years. So some of the details are far enough away that it was like a fresh story for me in a lot of ways it was i got to enjoy the surprises i got to be reminded of things that i loved and forgot about the series and very much what i did is week to week as the episodes aired i cracked the book and would read up yeah. until about what got adapted yeah and that was easy for me to do knowing my completion of soul is okay because i finished it already uh, right. so I'm curious, Grace. I, I'm just wrapping up some Brandon Sanderson books. I may circle around and see how much of a dent I can put into Mayfair before it fires uh, up. Yeah, I will say The Lives of the Mayfair Witches is the name of the trilogy. The first book is The Witching Hour. Uh, it's then followed up by Lasher and Taltos are the two are the three books. So, yeah, the first one is The Witching Hour uh, in The Lives of the Mayfair Witches trilogy of books. Um so yeah, and and there is some crossover. It definitely lives within the same universe. Um, I do know this. I will not spoil this for anybody else. But it does uh, uh, a lot of the gothic horror novels that uh, Anne Rice has has written. There is crossover of the characters, including someone we've met already. Uh, not to say that they are going to immediately show up in the first season of, of the show. And actually, I'm not sure I would necessarily want that at the at the beginning. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And I I don't know exactly when the book is set i know it's written it was written in 1990 so we're about 15 years actually after interview with the vampire and so i'm also interested you know i said something on the interview with the vampire pod where i said uh, uh and i think in some of our we did some panels with our friends over at dorian uh um which were great and and i was saying that uh, i kept calling um uh the queerness in the thing subtext and the later in the, uh, along in the book you get it's definitely it's not it's, uh, queerness is not subtext it's like full-on a queer story uh even in the first book which was uh just it's just past where um it's not really super explicit until you get sort of where the show first season of of uh interview with the vampire ended uh and then it becomes full-on like yeah there are definitely gay vampires uh in this book mm -hmm. um so i do uh, regretfully have called it uh i called it um 
uh, subtext. It's not subtext. It's 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 in the text. Um, but I was just thinking about how there are ways in which like it did feel like it sort of eased into some of the stories it was telling. Um, uh, uh, in Ruth the Vampire being a modern adaptation and so making uh, a couple of the characters uh, black characters, making them explicitly queer from the beginning. This type of stuff um, that you know even 1990 was different than 1976, right? So uh, I'm interested to see what Anne Rice was thinking about, you know, in sort of the nineties when she wrote it and also how um, the show is going to decide, which is, I feel like, um, so we had a vampire show in interview with the vampire vampire content. So hot right now, uh, five, uh, five shows, but has, has sort of had a presence in our culture. The last uh, 10, 15 years, right. It feels <laughs> like the vampire thing has been huge. We had yeah. uh twilight, obviously true blood was another big one. Supernatural. Yep. I mean, there's yep. so much vampire content out there, right? What we do in the shadows is like captured hearts and minds in more recent years. Right. Yeah. And so I do feel like, witches have been in our have also been in pop culture they've been there i feel like they're very tied to halloween and not that vampires are, are are not as well sort of october-ish um but like i'm trying to think there's been a few you know like the american horror movies, story but, yeah that's uh, right. season of coven i think is one of the most prolific kind of witch shows that we got in recent years i think a lot of those same shows i've not watched supernatural but i know the further along you go with, with something like a true blood we start getting into magic users witches warlocks sorcerers and the like you know uh, along with the more colorful kind of other fantasy characters you get and like anthropes and fairies and all this kind of stuff but there's not a big huge marquee like we are witches tv show or no. movie out there is there i mean there is uh, uh a movie that i would say ha a movies franchise that has had many witches but i don't think it falls into the same category which is of course harry potter uh, oh yes which, i mean yeah. you got but, yeah but it's it, a little yep. It feels different. It feels like uh, a bit of a lighter version of like I'm a witch than uh, um, than we're gonna get. I well, think we're doing YA witches, yeah, which is inherently right. a different genre, right? Uh, it's a very focused kind of attack on. Yes, yeah, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, you know, there are these like witches. There is, you know, they haven't like disappeared, but I I, I don't think they've had a moment in the same way. And and perhaps it's the I do think it's the gender dynamic as well that it's it's like guys and girls could be like oh yeah vampires whereas I feel like a little bit less like uh you know that like uh unfortunately like due to the patriarchy like teen boys are being like yeah go witches you know cool you know uh uh I, I you know I feel like that might be a case of this as well um but that yeah it hasn't I don't think it's had this moment so I think it's very interesting for this to be sort of the first property in the Anne Rice universe that gets sort of uh, a spun off, not spun off, you know, they're, this is the, the, the next the set of books that they're going to try interview. to adapt. Yeah, yeah. they're going to adapt. Yeah. Part of my discovery when we covered interview was in the Googling that I did there. Mayfair came up a lot. Uh, the mm. crossover is much more prominent than I recognized. And as a kid who was reading these books in the 90s, I was surprised that this was so off my radar. But I do especially think during the 1990s as a teenager at that time, the gender dynamics that you just articulated were a big part of it. I was not out there looking for books about witches specifically, right? right. And I think Harry Potter does a lot to open the door there for ironically kind of for whatever it's worth to be like oh no witches and wizards and, and kind of normalize all that but i think that amidst when we're talking about all these vampire properties that are out there there are things like what we do in the shadows and yes. uh, and a true blood right yes. uh, kind of twilight and a supernatural and i think to a degree 
vampires especially i mean for for a long ways back you start getting into kind of prominent stuff like uh bram stoker's interview with the vampire right or or i'm or sorry dracula, dracula. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, that would be pretty funny actually bram mm -hmm. stoker mm -hmm. doing interview but there's these very pretentious dare i say serious high-minded kind of referential approaches to the vampire mythology and then you get stuff like what we do in the shadows right that right. is this like wild bombastic kind of over the top look whereas i think which is uh certainly in tv we're looking at stuff like sabrina like uh, it uh, it has not gotten the super prestigious even the american horror story season it's one of my favorite ones the coven season set in new orleans it's serious but that show is so kind of campy to begin with and over the top and, and very rooted in that horror genre of like bombast uh dare i say so i'm curious to see how this approach uh comes because having seen interview i think we have a sense of what they want the tone of van rice's cinematic universe to be like and it's pretty serious i think yeah feels like, it right? looks pretty serious yeah yeah so i think it will be interesting to see this kind of approach into witches and to get a look at what they're going to do to to set the world of of apparently this greater series of interconnected shows mm-hmm there's been a couple of uh, attempts, I think, at like, um, you know, making a witch movie, uh, uh, The Craft, uh, 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 which is gained oh, quite I a cult following. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I think CW did a show about 10 years ago called The Secret Circle. Like, there's been these attempts to do this. I, I, I think most of the time, like, I feel like um, there's like, there are vampire franchises, like you've mentioned Twilight and True Blood. And like, this is a vampire show. Whereas I feel like more often than not, it's like, oh yeah, that person is a witch. Uh, uh, rather than like Harry Potter isn't even like, that, that's a that's wizard and witch, you know, yeah. right? You wouldn't call it a witch uh, a movie franchise. Um, and you have some of the, you know, bewitched and charmed and whatever. But but most of these are like, oh yeah, uh, the Wicked, Wis uh, Wicked Witch of the East, you know, or like yep. uh, yeah, Sabrina, uh, like these individual people who are witches um uh so yeah i'm i'm interested to see yeah this like serious uh, uh a take although as as we you know noted as we went through interview the vampire is very dark in tone uh uh very like you know there's like i feel like even one of the most like graphic scenes uh i'm thinking of uh, a, a particular train scene rich is like mm -hmm. graphic and at the same time like you can't help but like laugh because it's wild you know and mm -hmm. so i'm interested to see the balance that this show tries uh, uh, to take. Um, I'll give the quick premise uh, for folks who have not, you know, delved, uh, watched the trailer or anything, but basically the, the, the quick one line summary is neurosurgeon, Dr. Rowan Fielding learns she is the heiress to a dynasty of powerful witches haunted by a sinister spirit. Rowan Fielding is going to play, be played by Alexandra Daddario, who probably is most recognized as uh, um, uh, in season one of The White Lotus. Uh, she is Rachel uh, uh, in season one of, of White Lotus, the husband of sort of like the douchey guy. Um, she's really good in it. She got nominated for uh, a supporting actress uh, and an Emmy. She did not win. Um, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's been in American Horror Story. Uh, uh, I think she was in Hotel. Um, she's definitely done some horror. She was in T Texas Chainsaw 3D in 2013. Um, she's a very attractive young lady, and they've picked her to be the star of this show, which I think is uh, could be a fun choice. This could be good. She, she's great. She 
it could be interesting. I've been waiting to see her like kind of mainline yeah. one of these vehicles coming yeah. up, right? I mean, yeah. she's she's certainly been building her credits over the last couple of years. She turned up for me the first place, most notably, I think, in uh True Detective season one is right. is kind of yes. like the breakout spot that I started. She's obviously, I think I tagged for a couple of things like Baywatch, right? Uh yeah, she's in Parenthood. Uh uh she was she's been in an episode of The Sopranos. I mean, she was kind of like a child actress, right? She's been yeah. working since she was very young, and so she's an industry. She's in all my in- I think she was in us in the soap. Uh, oh my! A child actor oh in, in, in a soap opera. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a pedigree. <laughs> I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see what she can do here. I think that some of the roles that she gets are very kind of typecasting, uh, but I think that the girl's got some chops. So I'm curious to see what it's going to look like uh, to follow her through this story. The premise is already pretty compelling. I keep pointing back to it because American Horror Story is an anthology show. It's so all over the place. You can really love one season and not love another. And that Coven season did really strike me. It's very much these witch in New Orleans and you're dealing with all kinds of interesting stuff there the kind of clash of voodoo magic and the kind of more New England western uh, witchcraft that we are traditional like familiar with from from the old world in Europe so I'm really curious to see what this is like but I love the idea of a haunting I think ghosts are another one of these familiar archetypes in the horror space that are a great kind of entry level to what witches do uh, stuff that witches do being like mediums and speaking to the spirit world and calling on like ill spirits and all this kind of stuff is pretty compelling. Yes, uh, totally agree. Uh, so rounding out, we have four main main characters. We also have uh, Harry Hamlin is here as Cortland Mayfair. He is the patriarch of the Mayfair family, which I think is really interesting that he's listed as um, uh, the patriarch when we presume that the, this is like uh, a family of, if you've watched the trailer, right? It's like, there's like this line is like, do are all Mayfair women witches or something, something like that. Something, something close to that. Um, so very interesting to have sort of what they're billing as the patriarch of the family. When you imagine that the history of these Mayfair witches is that a bunch of the women have a coven or our witches or whatever. So uh, Harry Hamlin showing up uh, here from one of our favorite shows. He, he had a, a long guest spot as uh, Jim color on, on Mad Men uh, uh, rich. Yeah, I this is wild. I did not expect to see Harry Hamlin. Uh in we're we're talking about this. It's the very end of 2022 as we are sitting down getting ready for the premiere of this show in 2023. And I think that uh that pointedly a show called Mayfair Witches is very likely to be tackling a lot of um feminist talking points here in the 21st century and I hope that it will I think knowing what we saw in an interview it was a very pointed commentary on modern social issues through the lens of this familiar story I think we're uh, still on the heels of House of the Dragon for whatever it's worth that was a very like pointed kind of feminist show of the year by uh, with some degree right so I'm curious to see what the patriarch role is going to be in all this because i think harry hamlin immediately like evokes a type of character to me that uh we'll see whether or not that plays out but uh, nice to see him show up certainly i i imagine harry hamlin being the main character of a show called mayfair being a main character on the show mayfair which is that he potentially not 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 a good not a good guy i think i'll put my bet but yeah Harry Hamlin might be the, the bad guy of the of the show, maybe. Very possible. Maybe. Very possible. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, all right, another uh, 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 person who will be in the show is someone I'm not super familiar with, uh, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name, uh, Tungei uh, Teresa, uh, a Zimbabwean actor. Uh, I think the interesting thing about this is that he's going to be playing uh, Supreme Grieve, um, is a new character, uh, not in the books. Uh, it's a combination of two of the characters in the book, and I do not know this, but I, I do think I would assume that with these two characters, that at least uh, uh, one of them is you know um they're they're hiring a black actor to play this role so a similar thing um that uh interview did where they're going to offer up some of these opportunities and roles uh, uh to people of color which i think is a good choice I, i'm not familiar with with this individual uh at all uh he's been in like some stuff of the good doctor Hawaii Five O. He's in the gym. He, he was uh, a priest in in the Jim Gaffigan show. Um, so he's been in stuff. Uh, he's in Sleepy Hollow in 2013. So like he's been in stuff. Uh, uh, he's not. He was in Palm Springs. Did you watch Palm Springs? The um, uh, I did Andy not. Samberg. Yeah, it's a good one. Good good movie. So yeah, he's been in some stuff. Antebellum uh, in 2020. Um, so yeah, and more yeah, content. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm curious to see what he's going to do. I, I, the whole introduction of original characters already a, a, a big change and an interesting mm -hmm. dynamic. So we shall see. I suppose he's also been in American Horror Story. He was in Asylum. So yeah, he's. That's yeah. what I was just seeing. I was curious to see which one he was in. Asylum was an interesting season. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. I'm here mm -hmm. for it. Uh, and then Jack Houston uh, playing Lasher, a powerful shape-shifting entity who has been bound to the Mayfair Witches. This also could be our big villain uh, of the show. Uh, uh, this is uh, Jack Houston has been in Boardwalk Empire, was in the fourth season of Fargo. Um, so uh, he was in American Hustle. Um, he's been in a bunch of House of Gucci, I believe he was in. Um He's like a guy that I don't think many like. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like a, a household name, as it were, but uh, has like a reputation. He gets nominated a bunch when he's in some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, he was nominated for House of Gucci and American Hustle and Boardwalk Empire. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, not for nothing. I think that part of what we got out of Interview with the Vampire was seeing folks like Sam Reed show up in these mm -hmm. big roles and, and mm -hmm. being like, okay, I'm not incredibly familiar with this actor. I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, not to shade anybody here, but to get folks who are not immediately recognizable. Uh, Jacob Anderson is is kind of an interesting poll because so many people, I think, are looking at him like, wait, that guy looks so familiar. Where do yeah. I know him from? And you are not quickly going to jump to Grey Worm from the Game of Thrones series right. as a character that's necessarily top of mind. But uh, he's recognizable, right? Whereas Sam Reed, for me, I know he's had some other work. I don't mean to impugn that, but he was invisible to me. He just yeah. gets to show up and be listed and I think there's power to that. I think that when you look back to even The Walking Dead, if we're looking at it, if we're doing a little bit of the kind of versus podcast format here and comparing and contrasting, there's strength to that. I think Andrew Lincoln is the big name of the pilot, was still a pretty invisible actor back then at the time. I mean, you might pull him from Love Actually, but he was not a, a mainline kind of marquee guy. And I think there is strength to that when you want to build a cinematic universe in this way, something where these people may be inhabiting these characters for years, finding talent that doesn't have a baggage attached to it is a good call. I think so. Those are those are the four characters who are listed as the main characters. I think it's very interesting that three of them are men on Mayfair Witches. And I just pointed out to say that I think that there's going to be a lot on Alexandra Daddario. If you watch the trailer, it's almost entirely her. Um, like almost everything has her in it, has her narrating, has her speaking. Uh, it's her dialogue. So I do think that at least early on, this is going to be predominantly 
her story in terms of being the Mayfair witches. I think it's it's mostly going to be about her. That's my uh, uh, prediction because I I you know there are these three other main male characters. Uh, um, uh, I guess Lasher is like this shape shifting entity, whatever. Uh, I think also going to be a, a villain of the show, but I, I do just foresee this being Dr. Rowan Fielding's show. And I think very interestingly, Rich, uh, Bill is a neurosurgeon, which is not the first show in the last few months that we watched where the main character is a woman uh, neurologist or neurosurgeon in the case of our uh, beloved 1899, not allowed to, to perform surgery because she's a woman at the uh, in, in the 18, in the late 1800s. Uh, uh, and so uh, very interesting, just like two shows where the main characters are like smart women who study brains. I feel like we need to get a <laughs> on here at some point. But, we probably yeah. should. I don't know what their stance is on witches. Hopefully, we don't go anywhere yeah. near space. Um, I we do stand female brain specialists. Yes, right. uh, for whatever it's worth, I do think it's interesting as you're looking at the IMDb cast list. The whole bottom half of the cast seems very heavily uh, female, and so yes. I imagine yes. that this like central story being that of Dr. Rowan, as she's going to have to kind of push out and reconnect with like these other parts of this community that she doesn't know she's part of uh i'm curious and excited at what this journey may look like but i think that it's a notable archetype for whatever it's worth that you just identified that we're going to take a woman in a male-dominated field that requires a great deal of intelligence acumen co co like composition and poise to be able to do this well because to be a brain surgeon is different than to be a brain specialist and i think that probably the the brain doctors that we have mentioned would say the same but to study and do research within a laboratory environment to look at like clinical data is a lot different than i'm going to take these uh, razor sharp instruments cut your head open and start playing with cellular matter um this is a big 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 responsibility and a really interesting job to give somebody notably uh you get somebody like a stephen strange comes to mind mm -hmm. immediately grace as the sorcerer supreme this incredible yeah. kind of surgeon and i think that these two things go in line a lot i talked a lot during the interview with the vampire podcast about these games these tabletop role-playing games i am dm philly the titular dungeon master so a lot of my engagement with this kind of fiction comes through role-playing games where you're playing and there's a great game that comes from the same company that made the vampire games i talk about all the time from white wolf it's called mage the ascension and the idea is you are modern day wizards and witches mm -hmm. in a normal world like what we're dealing with here and the premise of the mayfair witches show and part of what they are articulate within the rules of this game is the notion that having magic is great let's say you had magic grace and you could cure all the ills of the human body if you don't understand the very simple function of the human biological system if you don't know bio 101 mm -hmm. how good is your magic going to be to do brain surgery right so this notion of finding the overlap between the science and the magic is really interesting to me the yeah. space where being a brain surgeon lends to succeeding as a witch or vice versa uh, this is a really i think interesting fertile space to engage with and the notion that the practical knowledge that this woman has gathered through years of becoming a doctor is going to like 
pay dividends in her journey into this world of the witches is something I'll be looking for, I guess. It's very fun. Uh, this looks like to be a show that's set at least more modern than, than, um, than interview was. I, I don't know that for sure. And I don't think the trailer gave me any indication other than that. It, it looks, it looks modern. Um, by the time we, uh, end the first season of interview were around the forties. So it'd be kind of fun to be in a, in a, you know, I, I really love those shows where it's like, yeah, this is the real world except witches exist. Uh, this is the real yes. world except vampires exist. So uh, I'm excited to see uh, uh, that. Um, yeah, the rest of the recurring cast here, um, I don't know much about Erica Gimple, who's going to play Ellie Mayfair, uh, but these other two Mayfair unnamed characters, Annabeth Gish, uh, has been in a ton of stuff, uh, been in a couple of the... Um, um, uh, am I, do I have the right person? Yeah, I've been a couple of the Mike Flanagan shows, so Midnight Mass and The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I sure. was in Barry, uh, uh, one of Ariel's favorite show, our friend Ariel, uh, Halt and Catch Fire. She was in that. She was in the last season of Sons of Anarchy. She's been in a ton of stuff, uh, probably kind of like, uh, you might not know the name, but you might recognize the face um, and is no stranger to sort of like horror, supernatural, thriller stuff. So um, should be fun to see her. Uh, the other one is is Beth Grant, who like is absolutely, so, you know, I feel like were you an office person uh rich no i notably don't watch anything fun or enjoyable yeah oh, uh that's okay she's most notable as like the woman that dwight brings to the dinner party if you've ever seen that but she's like just like in everything for like the last i don't know 30 years it's just like shows, <laughs> shows up and stuff so it's kind of cool to see that she's gonna get like a at least a recurring uh, uh role like literally you look at her imdb and she's been in like everything yeah. like dexter gray's anatomy the mindy project the series of unfortunate events uh, grace and frankie american dad the office pushing daisies according to jim my name is absolutely Earl. as soon as you get a look at her you, yeah. you recognize her from some half dozen projects that you're like wait 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 what was that thing uh, she yeah. has been in everything yeah. like everything donnie yeah. darko no country yeah. fall but yeah uh, yeah yep friends murder she wrote yeah. uh like yeah, like sabrina the teenage witch like yeah like king of the hill uh, like everything 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 she's a really distinctive character actress she's got yes. a very like interesting look and a voice and so it'll be fun to see her pop up uh agree 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 and then jen richards i'm very excited i don't know that many people would know jen richards but jen richards is a trans uh, uh actress um who has written some of her own stuff and um uh was in the tales of the city reboot uh uh for a bit so i'm very excited to see jen richards like it's very cool uh, i don't know what her role is her name is jojo uh, doesn't have the, the mayfair last name don't no idea uh uh what she's what she's up to in the show other than that they have hired a trans actress to be in mayfair which is which I think is super rad, uh, super awesome. Uh, I don't care. I don't need her to be a trans character. If it's, you know, whatever, it's just very cool that Jen Richards got uh, cast to be in this show. So I'm very excited about that. Um, anything i i don't know that we have much else to say uh, as as two non-book readers uh, uh i don't know that we we can we have much to like theorize uh, uh on the show uh, we've watched the trailer a few times but i'm very excited for the show to come out uh, next week we'll see if amc on on sunday night as we're recording this at the end of 2022 if on january 1st sunday they released the episode uh a week early which happened uh uh with interview with the vampire i'd be delighted for that to happen 
It sure did. I'm really excited about this, Grace, because I think that uh, just knowing Anne Rice's style, it's something mm -hmm. that I, I really enjoy her books. I enjoy her writing. I enjoy the world, the greater context. I love the notion of having some crossover with interview characters once we get a bit further down the line. I, this is very much my happy space going to what you're talking about, this kind of alternate reality. It's our world, except with yeah. witches, with vampires. I love yeah. this space as a space to tell stories in. Very notably, I stumbled on a Clive Barker book called Magica as maybe a 12 year old which is way too young to read that book but it was one of the first things that really cracked my mind open to this kind of storytelling Stephen King does so much here I know he gets pinned with the horror label but it's really this kind of fantasy mysticism underlaid with the real world I am very curious to see what uh what what we get out of this story and I, I just want to say that it's really fun to be in this role reversal as some Somebody that spends a lot of time on these podcasts talking about well actually in the book mm -hmm. here's what you should know i really am looking forward to hearing from listeners that may have read these books and that are are loyal fans of them like hit me up certainly and let me know the context that i don't have uh, i'm all about it i'm okay i'm not worried about being spoiled per se uh, that's not a, a concern at all for me in terms of going into this material and i i would love to hear from the listeners about the kind of context that we don't have as folks who haven't read the book i'm going to try to maybe uh, chug along here and see how well a big of a dent we can put in this thousand page tomb grace but i'm really excited to be covering this with you yeah um i i, just, I should just know before we go like uh esther spaulding and michelle ashford are the uh creators the, the showrunners um both don't have like a like they have a lot of experience they're, they're writers they've worked on different stuff produced a lot of stuff but i believe this is their first crack together uh at, at show running uh, uh she maybe was a producer on masters of sex uh was esther spaulding but i think i think between the two of them like they've been in the entertainment industry uh, uh, maybe Master Sex was was Michelle Ashford's I think, but anyway, this is a big. It feels like a big. Uh, uh, you know, uh, this is the test of whether can because I think interview landed really really well. I uh, yep. saw it on a lot of like top ten lists of stuff we watched. A lot of people I really respect, like really really loved it. Um, and so it did really well. And so it's interesting that so soon. Like I feel like typically you kind of get okay, let's do the second season, then let's roll something out. And this is AMC being like, no, we're going to interview, then we're doing Mayfair. You know, we'll come back to interview later, whatever. Um, and so I feel like it is a little bit of a of a test. It's like a weird sophomore season. Uh, that's kind of unfairly maybe being put on Mayfair because it's attached to interview, even though they're two separate shows, two separate showrunners, you know, all this stuff, but uh, very exciting uh, uh, that AMC is putting all of this effort into this show. I'm, I'm excited. This is kind of like when, you know, I see a trailer and the thing pops up that it's like, oh, it's by this person. You know, the fact that it's like an Anne Rice thing that I don't know anything about is very fun. So, yeah. it's That's 100% what has got me intrigued, right? Um, the fact that it's going to be, it's got this connection to interview. The fact that we are, I mean, we're putting the Anne Rice thing right there on the marquee, right? That we kept saying it interview with the vampire but notably the tv show's name is Anne rice's interview with the vampire this is no. Anne rice's mayfair witches i think that once upon a time i was really into the walking dead grace and if you would have said to me, me before too. that show aired hey zombie 
apocalypse, I would kind of shrug and be like, okay, yeah. sure. Like I'll check it out. But like, that's not uh, something that's like really exciting to me as a premise. Whereas this is really exciting to me as a premise. And I think along the lines of um, the Marvel kind of the TV universe that has built out the star Wars TV universe that I get to talk about a bit that has built itself out over these last couple of years. The idea of Anne Rice's is really interesting in a way that, that those other two can never be because it's so much more grounded in the dark side of the human experience and, and the horror genre and all these kind of fun, familiar tropes. I'm really eager to see what they're going to do with this. They've uh, they've hired on um, uh, I believe his name is Will uh, Will Bates who run uh, runs Fall on Your Sword who did the music for the Magicians. Rich um, is this is the that's um, amazing. Great, the Magicians uh, is quietly one of my favorite shows of all yeah. time. It is ridiculous. It's over the top. I say that I don't watch comedies, but it is certainly a comedy though. It's probably a bit of a black comedy. The Magicians is unironically one of, and I can't believe I, it has not come up sooner in this discussion about witches but it's yeah. so its own show that i don't even think of it in yeah. the nature of that the magicians is very awesome and uh you just made my day yeah oh, so yeah. same same composer uh working on both of those shows will Bates. so that's fun um all right we'll be back in about a week's time with our episode one uh, uh, uh coverage or feedback of the show uh you can send us your feedback if you have it uh we might get a little wonky with when we're recording we'll try to give you a better sense uh, uh ne on next week's pod we record the first episode when we're going to sort of be recording the pods based on when they drop on amc um so we will let you know um but in the meantime uh, uh feel free to listen to some of our other stuff rich what else you got going on Oh, gosh, so much, Grace. I say that I don't like fun TV, but my my favorite show, perhaps at the end of 2022, ended up being Willow. Mm. It is so much fun. It's streaming on Disney Plus. Taylor Ball and I are breaking it down every week. It is a fantasy adventure series that is really rooted in the adventure side of the fantasy. I am loving it. Melissa Woodward and I just wrapping up coverage of his Dark Material Season 3, which ended with an absolute banger of one, two mm. episodes. I mean, it Season 3 has just showed up and delivered such a strong season of television i am just in love all over again with that show it's been a lot of fun we're getting ready to ramp up some coverage for vox machina later in the month obviously you and ariel and i are getting ready for our journey back through dark which is going to be yeah. a lot of fun uh i'm on twitter i'm at dm philly my dms are open if you want to hit me up with those mayfair uh uh tidbits as we get going here and you can find me and you and a bunch of our friends streaming dungeons and dragons and some other tabletop role-playing games occasionally at yeah. twitch.tv slash dm philly uh, i always appreciate the follows over there as that is how i pay my bills cool um yeah you mentioned uh, uh the dark rewatch ariel and i also doing movie coverage each week uh last week we covered a uh, babylon a wild three-hour movie that like we both kind of liked and thought it was weird and not sure if we can recommend to anybody else go watch it it's <laughs> so weird um so check that out. Uh, be covering The Last of Us with uh, Mike doing the Sunday recaps and with Taryn doing some video game club, uh, giving uh, a recap of the episode with the uh, context of the full video game. So that will be very fun. Um, yeah, over on Rob is a podcast. I have Roll Call, board game show. We recently played King of Tokyo. Very fun, like dice rolling game where you beat each other up as big kaiju monsters. It was great. It was really yes. fun. Um, super fun game. I think everybody walked away being like, that was really fun game. Uh, so uh, check out the replay 
on Twitch and YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. You can also email grace at posturecaps.com if you want to send in your feedback. It's much appreciated. And we'll be back in a few days' time. I'm 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 stalling a little bit because we used to say Strigoi. Uh, uh, what are there like? Is there bats? Is, is should I just like uh, witch cackle? I don't know. I'm like, reaching for like uh, get witched. Yeah. Uh, get witched what's the what's the thing from uh and your and your little dog we'll see you next week and your little dog and your too. little that's dog too. And your little dog too Abracadabra. is that it i think that's it all right